Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 16th. Shane, how we doing? Brendan, I want to start uh, this podcast complaining about something um, right off the bat. Well, you're so in the right place. I, I've, been right a, I've, been, I've been a Shotgun Start listener from the start. It's uh, a long... You know, this happens with you guys and no laying up. Anytime <laughs> I'm on one of the podcasts... Then that means I don't get to listen to it that day, which is a huge bummer because I'm not going to listen to myself on the podcast, obviously. And so joining you on a Monday is very exciting. I'm excited that you asked me to do it. But it also kind of interrupts my typical Monday podcast routine. It's like Simmons yeah. and Sal. And yeah. then I'll jump into pardon my take for a bit. And then I hit shotgun start. And then I, I lose that <laughs> when I'm on with you. So, yeah, I, I don't well, know. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer for the listeners. And, a, and also it's a bummer for me because there's no Andy. What you just revealed to me is a lack of commitment to the program. You don't get in the film room and li- watch tape of yourself, listen to tape, the game tape of your, your own podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've never done that. That's insane. Some people like will li- listen to their own podcast, but there are a lot of podcasts out there. I'm not putting the one I just talked on in front of whatever the, that lineup you just alluded to. Yeah, it's crazy that you're, you're right. You never listen to yourself unless you are worried that you said something insanely stupid or your your audio was off or something. I don't know. But we might have a delay here. My internet's been a disaster. Comcast uh, has been an issue for me this week. It's, the weather turns cold. Andy's theory is the weather turns cold in Maryland and the wires start acting up. Or maybe it's my theory. It's maybe not the most sophisticated technologically, but the, when the weather turns, the wires just start, start slowing down here. So I've had issues, but hopefully we'll, we'll hold up here. Uh, I'm also- So far, so go good. Ahead. I can hear right. you, by the way. So that's yeah. a good thing. Good. I'm also in a spot. Where are you at right now with turning heat on in Connecticut? We open. I, so I was gonna. This is on my list to ask okay. you these questions. I, okay. I was because I mean, my wife. If it gets below like 74 outside, <laughs> she wants to turn it on, and she'll do the one where you get the heat and the cool on, so uh-huh. it runs heat early in the day and cool middle of the day, which drives me absolutely nuts. I also yeah. just had a long discussion with my wife about. I was like, listen. I know you're going back into these rooms, but just turn the lights off. Like you can just turn them off. It might be 10 minutes. Like that's 10 minutes of electricity just running for goodness sakes. I have always been a wait to the last minute guy with the heat, but we did flip it on this week. I mean, it's like forties in the morning, you know? So, I mean, we have kids for God's sakes. Yeah, I'm holding off of maybe I'm I'm abusing my kids by not turning my heat on. I'm a lesser father than you. We woke up this morning, it was 63 on the thermostat. Natural, nice little 63. <laughs> I was like, well, we got blankets. Like it's just it's the same thing on the other side too, with turning the AC on. The thermostat might get 81, touch 81 on the radar gun uh before I turn the AC on. But we're holding out hope. We're just holding against uh the the chill right now, the morning chill. So uh, the the temperature thing is so weird too. Like with cars, I t- I say this to my wife a lot too. We'll be driving somewhere, and it'll be seventy five outside, and she'll turn the air on, and I'm like, no, 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 
this is the temperature we're hoping to reach. Like yeah. 75 is the dream. Right. So let's totally. just roll the windows down. You know? Yep. Oh yeah. 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 That's always the best is open the windows, roll them. But yeah. Why, why adjust to what it is outside? Like we don't need this right now. I battle that all the <laughs> um, time. So poor Ed, do you want to talk about your Browns real quick or, or no? Cause I, I had, I had a, I might've had floated a little, uh, a little money on potentially that <laughs> game. Um, I was invested as I told you to start the season all yeah. in on the Browns. I have yeah, them in my right. wins pool um, along with the chargers who obviously play on Monday night. Uh-huh. Um, and the Packers, which has been a bit of an up and down affair, but sure. you know, it was a wacky, weird weekend in the NFL, but I mean, they there get the dub on this, like no Deshaun playing the best team in NFL. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess when you walk away from that, you've got to be feeling somewhat optimistic, right? Where, where, what was your position? Were you backing them yesterday or were you with the backup quarterback? Yes. Okay. I, I All was, right. I was going with the Browns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, hey, also, I know you've been a fan for years. It is a hard team to root for, man. The Browns and the Vikings are the two teams that just, when I'm watching them and rooting for them because of whatever I have on the line, the entire time I'm just like, okay, when's the pick six coming? Yeah. When's the fumble happening? When is the offense on the other team scoring the 80 yard, you know, like like go route that nobody was like no safety was around for it just it feels very inevitable <laughs> that's a very good summation you picked it up quickly the, the entire experience here <laughs> um i like a fan is a strong word too at this point given the last 20 years it's my rooting interest like i've it's, i've yeah. been abused and used for too long like fan is like I, i'm okay to to not be a full-blown fanatic but it's for sure my rooting interest my team um yesterday i think sort of encapsulates the beauty of the entire NFL and how it holds us in the palm of our hands. I'm a 40-year-old, four kids, not interested in fighting male that's pretty, I think, well-adjusted. I don't invest, like, if the Browns lose, it's kind of a bummer, but I'm used to it at this point, and I'm good with it. If they win, hey, a nice little boost. But I'm not living and dying. During that game, there was no fewer than, I think, five, five times where... I drafted the tweet of, all right, I've seen enough. Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> nice knowing you. It's, it's good. I'm good on Kevin Stefanski. This is just a horribly like mismanaged team. We And that's, this all still holds true. Like I had that tweet was on the fire, like ready to fire five times after a poorly run, you know, play a turnover of clock mismanagement. It was just like, we lose at the margins all the time. All these little margins that matter in the NFL. And then some forty-one year or uh, some rookie kicker just misses a forty-one year forty-one uh, yard field goal, and like I don't know, is that all null and void? You're happy, y'all. You're you're ecstatic and you're relieved and like holy crap, we just beat the best team in the NFL with our like third string or second string quarterback. But like all these emotions, like for a hopefully well-adjusted forty-year-old. Like, I just hold you in the palm of your hand. You go up and down and up and down like that. And I still am not, like, I don't think I'm crazy about the future of this team with this coach. But it's an ecstatic uh, feeling, I guess, beating the best team in the NFL. It was great. It was awesome. We, we, we Our defense is amazing. We whipped their ass on the line of scrimmage. Uh, they had some injuries. Of course, we had some. Like, it was, it's great. It's a great win. And, and you start doing the NFL thing where you think back to, like, how did we lose to Pittsburgh? We should be four and one. Like I'll take those, like that kind of thing that you always do. And our schedule is not hard. So we've got a bunch of like easy games. So we'll see what happens. That was a hard one. And I'm glad we got the dub. 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was I was messaging my group of my buddies yesterday about the Bills, okay? And you said it perfectly. I think you said the summation of the NFL. And what I've realized about the NFL over every other sports league is unless you're great, like great, great. And I mean, that doesn't, like a, most years, there's not a great team. Like most years, there's very good teams, but nobody is great. You have these situations like the 49ers just had, or, you know, name another team that ran into trouble this weekend, right? That we expected to be great or to win or whatever. I mean, you know, the Eagles played awful. They looked terrible. Yep. And I, I messaged my buddies. I said, very strange Bills season, talking about Buffalo. Totally. I'm like, they lose to the Jets in week one, obviously with the Rodgers fiasco happening. Then they crush the Raiders, crush, I mean, 37-3 against Washington. I mean, I think you and I, I both think that. Washington is yep. a pretty good game. I mean, they ruin Miami 48-20, lose to Jacksonville in London. That's kind of like the 2016 PGA. Like, we don't really talk about the London games outside of the <laughs> four days they actually happen in. And then they didn't score a point in the first half against the Giants. But as I was writing it out, I'm like, is it a strange season or is this just what happens with good teams in the NFL? Because to me, this is just a good team schedule. Like, you kill people sometimes. You lose to teams you shouldn't lose to occasionally. And, yeah. you know, you finish, whatever, 13 and four or whatever. I I mean, the, God bless them, but are my brothers to Lake, are my hard luck brothers on Lake Erie of Buffalo. But I, maybe we're conditioned to pessimism, but I wouldn't be feeling good if I was a Bills fan right now. After, like, you know, they lost their Milano and, and uh, the corner, Tredavious White, I think it is. And, like, I don't know, that just the Giants, you can't be looking that flat against the Giants. So, but... Hey, they're 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 winning, so it's all that matters. How many Can, minutes of a, NFL talk was that, by the way? Uh, like four. But the Browns beat okay. the Niners for God's sakes. Like it's Victory Monday. Uh, the Bears. I don't know what was. The, I saw the Badgent the Badgent <laughs> era is upon us, and I saw he fumbled yeah. immediately for a return touchdown. Like I don't know. He's just, uh, I, by the way, friend of the program, Kevin Clark. I was messaging with him last night. We're trying yeah. to find a golf uh, day in the next few weeks. Sure. And he said, let me find what week it is, because I'm just going to let you know it's not great. Uh -oh. I think the Bears on Thursday night in week 11, oh, week 10, Thursday night football is Bears-Panthers. I mean, oh that's God. like, let's Where learn, is that figure game? out a way to flex this. Is that I think Chicago? It's Chicago? Okay. I'm yeah. just wondering, does Al Michaels, like, what do you tell Al Michaels? You got to go do Bears-Panthers. I guess Chicago... I don't know, maybe get a good meal, a good couple of meals. But, like, I, and of course, he's well compensated. I just, these guys, like, in his 80s at this point, you know, you're sending me to Bears Panthers uh, on a Thursday night. I, I just, I call the miracle on ice every big game of the last 50 years. <laughs> you're doing Bears Panthers on a Thursday night. Uh, that's interesting. Amusing. Well, All listen, right. hey, you don't make your money as a broadcaster doing the, the events that everybody wants to watch. You make your money as a broadcaster doing the events that nobody cares about. And that that's, is where Al's going to make the dough. That's a good, that's, a, that's a really good insight from the other, from the, you know, an expert himself from, from the other side of the coin. Um, I've, I've maintained this podcast was successful because we did the hard work in October and November coming up with crazy bullshit to talk about. And, you know, 2018, 19, that's the only reason I'm not saying we're success, but we're still around, I guess, is a, is a measure of success. We're still doing it. But yes. Go ahead. Uh, poor Ath, when you when you guys talk about starting the podcast, when you guys started the podcast in basically the the dead of the golf season, every time yeah. you guys bring it up on the pod, 
I think about the Back Nine Network where I started my TV career. We started the Back Nine Network. We they started the Back Nine Network in late September. So also not a great time to start a golf TV network when yeah. that was the Tom Watson year uh, and the Phil Mickelson yeah. Ryder Cup year. Yeah. We got Windfall we got two that. months out of that content. Yeah. Just so yeah. many oh, yeah. hour long conversations about what's going to happen next. So it, if that hadn't happened, if it had just been a regular Ryder Cup. I don't know what we would have talked about, but yeah, to all the young people out there that said advice to me or Porath or Andy or Solly or whomever, I would say advice number one, start your golf podcast show series, whatever the case may be. Maybe start it in January. Just, <laughs> just a thought. Just throwing it out there. Maybe an idea to, to get behind. Not, not September when you're, but we have, we have no Tom Watson, Phil Mickelson, uh, blow up to dissect this this monday morning but we have a little bit there's a little meat on the bone from uh the weekend that was in golf we'll start with las vegas where thomas the tank engine tom don't call me thom kim uh won his third pga tour event he's 21 years old he's been 21 for three months he backs up uh his win last year at the shriners he's won twice in vegas won the Wyndham championship um i was reading joel beale's gamer or article on it i found this amusing um, Kim became the first player since Byron Nelson in 1944 to win the same event in the same campaign because this FedEx Cup fall is also now part of the 2022-2023 season. So he won the Shriners last year yeah. and he won the Shriners this year, but it's part of the same campaign, uh, the same event. And I'm like, how many people had a bite had, took, had a chance to take a bite of that apple since 1944? Like, come on. Like, I love Beal. He's having a little fun, I'm sure. But like, what are we doing? Contorting ourselves in knots here to come up with stats as this this PGA Tour goes through this transition era. But he did defend his title in Vegas. Three time winner at age 21 in Los in uh, Tom Kim. When you stopped with the term campaign for people that are listening and not watching <laughs> this, my look on my face, I'm like, you could have stopped there and said, Shane, what does that mean? And I would have just had absolutely no clue. There's so many things in golf that I don't quite understand. Like, you think you understand it, but there you go. There's another one. Um, I have a tweet from your friend, my friend, our friend, Sean Martin. Now, yeah. I expect most Sean Martin tweets to include, like, a wagger rank ranking for when the person was 14 or 15 years old. Or, you know, like, how they played in, you know, the East-West. Like, I need something out of this guy. <laughs> Unfortunately, this one doesn't involve that. But it is kind of a great encapsulation of Tom Kim. You mentioned three wins. He's won nine times worldwide, which is crazy. Runner-up at the Open. Jeez. 11th now in the world rankings, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. And he's 21 years old. And I've got a Tom Kim comp I want to float your way. I'm filling in for Andy today. Obviously, Andy loves throwing out NBA comps. Is Tom Kim kind of golf's Luca, where he's almost slept on for his age and what he's accomplished? And we love talking about the new sexy player in the game. All the while, Tom Kim is younger than a lot of these guys that have jumped up on a radar, and he's winning at a pretty consistent clip. I mean, he's winning in similar campaigns, for God's sakes. I mean, this guy <laughs> is quite impressive for what he's doing. And again, I feel like we're talking Ludwig, and we get so excited about some of these Corn Ferry guys and the cooties coming out of college. All the yeah. while, Tom Kim's just going about his business, doing things. I mean, think about what he did at the President's Cup last year. I'd argue he was the star of yeah. the international side at that as well. 
Yep. Uh, one, one other st- note from Beal that's a little less serpentine than the campaign deal is he becomes the youngest player in 110 y- years to defend a title, a uh, PGA Tour recognized title. So that, I mean, he's 21. That speaks to his age and having now won at least twice. Um, I, I'm trying to get there with the Luca comp. The, the data boys aren't super high on young Thomas. Kim. He's right. a little bit of a poofer, right? He doesn't he doesn't mash the ball, which we know is is of a premium. It's not an absolute requisite, but it's certainly a premium for traveling to any and all kinds of uh venues, including major championships and, and some of the most important critical uh venues and, and championships on the PGA tour. I uh winning is hard. Winning's really hard, and he's now done it three times. Um, there's just like, I'm trying to walk a tightrope. He's 21, but, uh, I'm not ready to go crazy over, uh, feasting in the fall or feasting at TPC Summerlin. Um, but that's, and, and again, that's that. No, that's fair. But I will say like, I think something you and I love to do, I know Andy does as well, is you get these guys that blip on your radar and you go look at their major record and it's like. No top tens or yeah. four missed cuts and five starts in major Fair. championships. Like what Tom Kim has done in these major championships this year alone, T16 at Augusta, T8 at the U.S. Open, T2 at the Open Open Championship, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going with a 23rd in his first ever U.S. Open last year. Like this guy's resume in the big events has been more polished than I think prob- people probably think it is. That's fair. That's That's not... Yeah, that's a good counter. I mean, a, a T2 at the Open, I think people sleep on because Harmon was it was sort of a Harmon coronation, but it's still a yep. T2, and he's it backed it up with kind of pretty solid showing in his first ever Masters and his second ever U.S. Open. Um, I I just, he kind of went away there in the middle, but again, you just keep throwing the age out there. He's 21, he's 21. Uh, he had a bunch of top 10s in addition to that. It was just like, I think people got a little fatigue after the President's Cup. Or maybe the burst was so bright there in that like three month window where it's Wyndham, it's President's Cup, it's then winning in Vegas, and you're like, holy shit! Like this guy is is John Rahm or Brooks Kepka or something like that. And I I don't know, maybe that's like just a natural sort of uh, resetting because it, it cooled off for sure throughout. I, uh, he was good in like I want to say Sony or, or, or a little bit there at the beginning, but. Yeah, and people seem to be like taking their pops at him basically from January to whatever June. Um, so I, it's hard. It's one of these deals where like how much winning is incredibly challenging, especially if you're 21. Like like it's it's one thing to just make a bunch of money and and post a top four or whatever it is. Winning is incredibly challenging. Um, I'm just not ready to put it on on a giant pedestal, given that it's TPC Summerlin and Vegas. Is what do you what do you rank when you're looking at players at like younger players? What do you how do you kind of rate who they are currently and who you think they'll become? Is it victories? Is it consistency? I'm I mean, assuming stats are probably down the list. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've started to emphasize more like <laughs> strokes gained, tee to green. Okay. Quite honestly, I, for me, that was always the thing that like, like Hovland, I was like, this guy's incredible. 
Um, like that, right. like even when he wasn't winning or he was just kind of good at Memorial and posting like, like impressive top tens or top fives. Um, for me, it's, 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 I've really started to put a lot of emphasis and probably maybe too much in statistics, but, uh, it, that's kind of the balance. What about you? I mean, I look at consistency, I think first, like how's the year gone? I mean, anybody can pop up and win here and there. I mean, not anybody, but you know, any of the top what 150 golfers in the world can in theory mm-hmm. win a golf tournament that doesn't have the best players in yep. the field, something like Vegas. Right. So I look more at consistency. I mean, has your season had eight top tens? Has your season had, you know, th- this is the joke you guys always make about the FedEx cup and making the playoffs is you need one or two good weeks. That's been one of the cool things about co- covering the corn Ferry tour is it's more about that consistent season, right? I mean, you've got to have a great season to get into that top 30 or at least to kind of lock in your card with a couple of events left to play. So I feel like I probably lean consistency first. Then I typically look at how they've played in majors and then I'll look at winning, but I haven't got to the point yet where I'm, I'm diving into the stats off the bat to see what they do so well, because I want to see if the whole kind of the whole picture is impressive when they get out in, at, at golf tournaments and play well for four days. Yeah, maybe. Huh, that's interesting. It, that's like the constant debate, I guess. And maybe it's emblematic of sort of the modern pro game. Is certainly, we have all the data at our disposal that we didn't have 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But um, what's rewarded? Oh, this guy can hit it 330 yards every time. Um, and, and, you know, it's whether it's accurate or not, you know, we know that's going to play and at least get him in the ball game. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting comment, like const, the constant balance between what is a predictor of success. Have you won? Have you contended at big events? Or um, are you just statistically like sexy now? You have a really big profile that we know or, or think translates to majors. But of course, we know it's more than that. We know it's more than just being able to hit it far and, and uh, you know, piling up great stats at the Valspar and Puerto Rico and wherever else. So, Why um, isn't this event end on Monday? Like why, why don't they do that? Like, why would you have this event end Sunday during NFL season? Now, I mean, I get up in arms about scheduling all the time, but yeah. if it ended today, you poor ath would watch four hours of it. Yeah. You know, straight five right. hours of it straight. Going into Monday Night Football, it did at least yep. hit the sweet spot there between like the witching hour or whatever it is, yep. or whatever the end of red zone and the start of Sunday Scott Night Hansen Football. Shout out! <laughs> yeah, it did <laughs> like hit it. that that sweet spot. But again, that was like thirty minutes for people. That's like I'm watching seventeen and eighteen kind of thing, and by then it was yep. kind of sewed up. But yeah, I mean it's a fair. I think what are they in Japan this week? I've seen guys f- flying over to Japan, so maybe that like disrupts the Monday finish. If, if but again, that's its own ball wax that field, whatever. However, they're constructing some of these fields is a separate topic. But maybe that's an issue Monday finish with a J- Japanese event coming behind it. But you you make a good point on, and this gets to the heart of like the Lexi thing. Like I don't know, gimmick I guess connotes something negative. I get that, like a gimmick play is not or a gimmick exemption it connotes something negative i i choose not to apply a negative connotation to it here like i don't know lean into the gimmick a gimmick is fine I get like get creative get do something different do a monday finish i think like that's what every fall event should kind of be given by the tour within reason the leeway to do whether it is monday finishes whether it is something 
I don't know, even format different changing. Like if you're going to jam us and throw us in the fall, give us a little extra room to experiment, to try to make a gimmick pop. Um, and because like, quite honestly, it worked this weekend. The most notable part of the 2023 Shriners was Friday night's cut sweat with, uh, or Friday afternoon. With, with, Without a doubt. I mean, not even close. And, and Brennan, we're talking about a 21-year-old that won. Like, a guy that won the golf tournament was probably in the top two in in terms of dream scenario winners, right? I mean, yeah, Tom totally. Kim winning again, back-to-back. Like, if you ask the Shriners people, what's the what's the best-case scenario here? I'd say Lexi winning's probably number one, and then Tom Kim's either two or three. We get that on Sunday, and still Friday trumps it by – a massive amount. I mean, it's not even close. I wrote about it in the Friday newsletter. It's like, yeah. lean into what Lexi's doing here. Lean into what she's able to do. Her play was impressive. I mean, she did Lexi things late in that round, obviously. <laughs> missed a couple of short putts. And, I mean, this is the Lexi Thompson experience. For people that don't follow the LPGA Tour, this is what you get. You get short missed five-footers. You get awful putting strokes late. The putt on, eight on her last hole was just brutal and typical oh. Lexi. But at yeah. the same time, you get Lexi who can drive greens and get to par fives. That shot she hit in the par three, it was like 243, and she hit three iron over the green. Like, she has a gear that can get her to play these types of golf courses, and it is fun to watch. And while I don't think you and I would say Lexi's probably in the top 10 of players that currently deserve that exemption into a PGA Tour event, she has the game that could get her around that cut line just yeah. simply fr- from distance and speed, going back to what you said about strokes gain and tee to green. I mean, she's very impressive there, and her play can at least get her around that cut number, and that's what happened. That's Yeah, it, I mean, we saw her driving par fours. We saw her, like, you know, she awesome. was towards the bottom of, like, average driving distance and, and overall driving. But, like, it was competitive enough, and she's driving par fours. She's yep. hitting at 300-plus. She's in the ball game, and in, far from some of these other, like, sort of celebrity sponsors exemptions you see that just just are you is she going to be dfl or not dfl or second to last and she was like in the game throughout her first 36 holes you've had an interesting term in there lexi things i don't know if that's it's never a good thing it's either a sign that you're incredibly famous and successful or you're infamous And you got some hallmark when you're, you got tiger things, Rory things, Rory did Rory things, you know, Reed did Reed things, uh, whatever, like Lexi things. It's, it's either a good sign that you're so prominent on the stage that you have, that you can kind of lean on something. It just connotes, or it, it, it kind of is unspoken. What happened? You don't have to go into further detail. Lexi things. That's probably a, a topic for further uh, exploration in, in a subsequent episode, but what are, what are the things who gets on the, the read things for sure is read did read things. There's, there's a lot of guys that might fall into that, but Lexi is certainly one of them. And we all know what you mean when you say that. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if I called you and said, Rory did Rory things at the U S open, you would probably think he made one birdie on Sunday and shot two over and didn't win. Right. If like, I said Shaq did Shaq things, it'd be like he had 38 and 18, and, you know, was completely dominant in the fourth quarter and maybe went four for 12 from the line. Right? I was going to say four and for Lexi 12. Things is, yeah. And Lexi yeah. things is going to be missing multiple putts inside of five feet, but not just missing them. I mean, it's the, it's the speed. Brendan, I heard stories of short game coaches having an opportunity to work with Lexi and saying, I want to work together. 
if we can just work together and not having your whole team involved um. and basically them, them say no, like the team has to be involved. And so when I hear those types of stories about Lexi Thompson, it makes me disappointed in her because I know there's more potential there. Like Lexi could figure out in theory, the putting thing around five feet. It's almost like she won't allow herself or her team won't allow her to do that. And so we get what happened on Friday late in that round where the short putts and the five footers that you feel like would go in with speed, you know, either come up short or kind of limp low. Right. Yep. 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 There's definitely, you know, exactly what you're saying. We're getting also a lot of, uh, messages about there's a short game content off the, these guys uh, the the short game chef who's been a subject oh, yeah. that yeah. parker mclaughlin but parker, apparently the yep. apparently the the condiment man joe mayo mayonnaise guy is apparently coming on the scene hot and heavy his own short game content really i apparently there's some sort of unspoken battle joe joe mayo i i don't pay attention to any of this stuff like a full disclosure but we're getting a lot of messages about how they're both pushing for the content corner with, with various, you know, posts and Instagrams. And so Joe Mayo versus uh, short game chef Parker McLaughlin. So I'm interested in that sort of subculture at some point. We got to look into that. <laughs> you know, you know, it's off season when it's uh short game battles on social are happening. It's like, it's like, remember when that driver, the, the guy that does the driver off the deck was battling with some of those guys this summer. And it was like, who can hit the driver off the deck pedal yeah, better? Yeah. It's like, maybe we yep. cover too much golf. Maybe maybe there's too much golf <laughs> too covered much, at this point, if that's Too the much case. going on. Uh, speaking of maybe too much golf, we had the live. I, I don't know what you call it. This was in Jeddah. Oh, God. It's the season Brutal. finale, but not the team championship finale. So we have, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to try to give this as, as full um, credit as I can. There's just a lot of shit going on. There's like, it's hard to keep up. They posted their own really deadpan sort of emotionless social media video with um, the host. Uh, I believe her name is Bella. Um, just run, very just just straight deadpan. Here's who won this. Here's who won this. Here's who won this. Here's who got relegated. Here's who maybe got like, it, it took like three minutes to explain all the games within the game. And we love, we love a good game within the game. It just felt <laughs> feels a little busy what's going on there and i get that they're trying to spin up and be creative and do different stuff and try to figure out what works but geez um i've i'm confused they're confused their their advocates on twitter are also confused about you know martin keimer could get is in the relegation zone but he's a captain so he can't get relegated so the guy behind him will jump down. like there's a lot of a lot happening but we had our individual finale or I guess the season finale with the team championship still to come. The 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 fire uh, and by the way, all this stuff, which is you know supposed to be a big big deal, right? Uh, giving out a lot of money and championships and titles and relegations. It was done by eight a.m. Eastern, seven thirty a.m. Eastern. I was up for a kids' soccer game yesterday, and I, I saw the lat. But it's in Jeddah, and nobody's there, and nobody's in the United States is really watching because it's overnight and you, you can't, you can't watch it by the way. I, I tried to turn on the CW, which on YouTube TV, I think the CW is listed as a different channel or something weird. It, it, It has, it's very confusing there to begin with, but I was up just like you. I was up with the kids. I was thinking to myself, cause I checked the night before who was leading the live event. You know, I think people, well, people, I think the live 
I don't know what you call them, followers, microphones, whatever they, the case may be on social media, advocates. The, yeah. That group of people are diehard live followers, which I still don't understand. Like you and I aren't diehard PGA Tour followers, even though we obviously lean PGA Tour heavy over live golf. Like we will take shots at the PGA Tour when needed. And those shots happen routinely, especially with you guys on this podcast, like <laughs> it's going to happen when they mess up. Now, when they do great stuff, I give you guys credit. You praise them as well, right? You guys yeah. give them credit where credit is due. I went to turn this on because I knew it started early in the morning and there was some show about gold, like gold, like how to buy gold on the <laughs> CW at the time. And I tweeted out a picture and all these people are coming at me like, oh, you're an idiot. Download the app. You don't know how to download an app. I'm like, yeah, but that's the point. You're missing the yeah. point here. Yeah. The point is, and what I find out, Brendan, is the tape delay version comes on at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday in the U.S. Poor app. You're a smart guy. What comes on at 1 p.m. Eastern in the U.S. on Sunday? I believe that's NFL kickoff in October. That's but- when they kick the games off. That's right. right. So you've got a way better chance of grabbing eyeballs at 7.38 in the morning on the East Coast, finishing up golf tournaments, then having this thing tape delayed at 1 p.m. And you know what? I'm not going to go download an app. I'm not going to go dig around and look for this. I will watch this if it is on television and I can see what's happening, but I'm not going out of my way to find it. And that's what they're doing is they're making this very hard to follow, to your point with all the breakdowns and who's moving on and who's not. And it's also hard to find if you actually want to watch it. Yes. and. I, my point on Friday was that it feels like it's becoming increasingly irrelevant or at least statically irrelevant. It's not, it's not. Well, nobody better. was there. I mean, nobody was there. Right. Like no fans. Right. It's Jetta for God's sakes. I mean, <laughs> I, Brooks Kepka's winning and you know, there's like his first, it's his first win as a father. I was like, Oh, well, I wonder if his kid. I heard that. And, I heard that question. <laughs> so I wonder if his kid and Jenna are there to celebrate with him. No, it's a Jetta. They're not there. Of course they're not there. Um, I think I don't have that hundred percent confirmed. I should, but I, I'm pretty sure I didn't see them around. Um, so I, I just, and like, this isn't like a live specific thing. If the PGA tours, season championship finished overnight and it's not available and the tape delay is available at 1 p.m. on an NFL Sunday, guess what? We are ripping the, we are storming the gates of the moat and crushing them. Any, any tour, any, any kind of, uh, you know, ostensibly serious organization, uh, we are going to crush for that. Like, it's not just because it's live and, you can't have this. You can't have this when you're fighting for. Now I get that the underwriters and the funders of this whole thing are based there. They're, they're catering to the sponsors of the of the organization. So you're in Jetta. But if you want to become take a bigger cut of the market or be, be serious about your season ending championships and all this stuff, you can't have this. You can't have this. Now go ahead. No, I was just going to say, maybe that's plan 32 of the Phil plan is having it live on television when it ends. Maybe that's like late in the game for for the Phil points. It's making no indentation in anything with this. None! And, and we cover this for a living. We, are, we, are, we, we pay attention and we are the ones that would often take the extra step to download the app to watch. But you know what? Nobody else is. No, like 
our parents aren't no. doing that. And even people our age aren't going like very small market cut of people are actually going to download an app to do that. So, but the nuts, poor app, my wife, my, my wife asked me a question yesterday that I found very interesting. I, I want to get your, your perspective on this. She said, we were just sitting around watching TV and she goes, you know, I never hear about the lit. Like my wife is not a golfer. Doesn't follow golf at all. Yeah. Like probably gets, if any golf news from my podcast, when she occasionally listens to it in the car. Right. And she said, you know, I never hear about live golf anymore. Is that because you're not paying attention to it? Or is it because it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. Did it go away? And I went, well, it's kind of both in a way. Like the golf feels like it's less involved in the golf vernacular conversation, whatever the case may be, than it even was a year ago. Like to gain momentum, you want that to grow, right? You want the, the mushroom to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And to me, it was like, let's hit the scene. Let's make it big. Let's splash. Let's have it loud. And I mean, I've heard from Australians, like the event in Australia was a big win. Like that was awesome, right? What was that? Mm-hmm. Eight months ago, nine months ago? Like you can't have your last victory being nine months ago. And it's yeah. still making a care. And this was Brooks Kepka versus Taylor Gooch in a playoff. Golf fans should want to watch that and should care about it yet we still don't you know yeah there's too many gates there's way too many gates and they've buried themselves in irrelevance and this was always sort of the the danger and issue with this is like is it most exciting with the off course stuff the the palace intrigue about who's get who's defecting who's and you know in a way the the framework agreement has put a stay to that at least for this this year this calendar year of, of the poaching and all those things and who knows how much money they want to keep pumping into this but uh, there was a lot of money handed out this weekend. Your fireballs win the win the team title. Um, Talor, don't call me Taylor Gooch, wins the overall individual season-long championship. He lost in a playoff. He shot a 62, bogey-free 62, which is probably a good score anywhere, including Royal Greens in uh, King Abdullah Economic City. Um, he shot a 62, bogey-free 62 to win the points title, then lost in a playoff. So he won $18 million for winning the season-long individual deal. Um, wait, wait, Kep- wait, wait. He won, 18, he won $18 million for that? $18 million prize. I believe <laughs> he won $20,250,000. This is getting into how confusing all this stuff is. He won $20,250,000 on Sunday by winning you know, runner-up purse and the season-long title. He'd already collected, I believe, $15 million uh, on the season. So we're getting to $35 million plus dollars. And I would say this might be illustrative <laughs> of an issue with the league that Talor Gooch is going home with $35 million. And he's a great player this year. Great player. But if the rubric of the league was to get high-profile stars, automatic, guaranteed money, guaranteed starts, predictability, you you got... You know, that's sort of trying to trying to expose that maybe weak point in golf, that product weak point, right? Um, where all the best guys aren't always showing up and you don't know what you're getting. I would suggest a, a scheme that pays to Lord Gooch $35 million is probably not the goal. That, that's not addressing that issue. Now, they have some stars, but... They're kind of off the page. And Talor Gooch is the one that's on the stage. And credit to him, his play is doing the work. But it, it kind of it, it doesn't speak to maybe the the viability 
or the success of this thing happening. When you end up paying to Lord Gooch, who's been great, but is not not getting people to download the app, casuals to download the app. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's been the biggest live winner, and it's not even close, yeah. right? I mean, he's been yeah. the guy. Like, if you were going to say who won, who lost, in all of this, I think if you were looking at live players to involve on the win column, which I don't think there'd be a lot of those guys. I mean, financially awesome, but in terms of what you've done on the golf course that has kind of sidled up next to what you got paid, he has been the biggest winner on live. And to me, Taylor Gooch is the guy that if you're talking about PGA Tour players that were close to going or thought about going that didn't go, he's probably enemy number one in terms of the players they look at and go, that should have been me. Because, I mean, this guy's probably made... $70 $70 million from live. Right. I mean, yeah. something crazy like that. I mean, it, it, it's not out of the equation that he's made literal like Phil Mickelson, PGA tour career earnings level money from live golf in two years. Yeah. My commentary is completely not directed to, to Lord Gooch. Like what he's done is, is wildly like he went, he took maybe a risk or maybe not. And just converted like a, like went just went big. So like, yeah, of course there's probably, 200 guys on tour looking at him and saying, holy crap, like that, I would do that in a second. You know, there's 25 who maybe wouldn't, but most of them would. So, yeah, I um, mean, it's, it's like, it's like that, that conversation that the married guy has in his head when he's considering the like affair with the secretary that's okay. pretty crazy, but she's hot and she's 22. And he's like, man, the risks here are pretty high but the payoff might be here and eight months into it, he's been divorced. He's now kind of dating the crazy secretary and she's a little nuts for him. And he knows it's not going to last, but they go to Cabo and he posts the Instagram picture and he's got all his buddies DM and I'm like, yo, she's really hot. And he's like, yeah, maybe this was a bad decision, but I mean, the DMs, like my buddies think it's pretty cool. Like for Taylor Gooch, like seeing the money hit the account, he's probably like, this part's really cool, even though maybe at home and behind the scenes, life could be uh, a little more chaotic than what he was pr- possibly buying into. Possibly, yes. But I, God, I think like uh, everything that's happened, I, I think should be proof positive that he he should feel pretty good with this decision and okay with the yeah, path like, he chose. Like maybe you don't get into the majors, but like look yeah. at what you have here. Look at the Instagram yeah, it's post. It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. So elsewhere, clean up. He wins the individual season. Uh, the relegation you're still going zone. Through Taylor, you're still going through Gooch, by the way. I love it. The relegation zone, I'm, I'm still confused. Numbers 25 to 44 were placed into called an open zone. And then 44 okay. and beyond, 66 were in the relegation zone. Of those six, the team captains Westy and Keimer were exempt. So this gets to some of the OWGR points issues. Like you're exempt, you're relegated, but nope, you have a contract and you're a captain. So you're not, ex- you're not relegated. Um, so ex- those who did get relegated were Jed Morgan, James Pyatt, Chase Kepka, and Sawan Kim. So they got to go battle it out in like a, a fall Q international series events to get back on live. So, um, wait, 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 they have to go play tournaments that aren't live events to get back on live. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I think it's the, inter- where are you Asian. reading this by the way? Where's this breakdown from? I've, I've jumped in around. I've read Liv's website. I've jumped to golf digest. I'm just trying to cobble it together. There's a lot going on. It's very confused. <laughs> and now we have the team match play championship at Doral. So they're go- doing the direct flight from Jeddah to Miami this week. They're right back on Eastern time zone. 
And the team standings are like a disaster for that. Like four aces, crushers, they're like... What I want to talk about is the magic sticks who've lost their magic or majesty. They're, they're a complete mess. They're only the Ironheads were worse. They're the 11 seed. They finished DFL as a team by five shots in Jeddah. The magic sticks are completely gone. When you talk about, you know, older guys cashing in, they have, they are just a non-competitive entity right now. They it seems like they've got a lot going on off the course with different endeavors and podcasts and so, charitable issues. But on the course, they're they're a complete non-entity, and they're they finished DFL by five at uh, at Jeddah, and they're eleven out of twelve seeds with only the decrepit Ironheads behind them. Even the cliques are ahead of them going into Miami, so they're a mess. And Westy can't be relegated, can't be relegated because he's a captain. And he's by the safe, way, he's safe. They're all captains on the magic sticks. Keimer's a cap, or I'm sorry, Stenson's a captain and Poulter's a captain. So three out of 14 guys are captains and I guess free from relegation. It's just a guaranteed little thing to finish DFL by five shots. If you have three captains, do you have one? Is that kind of the the rule here? Yes. You have none. You have yeah. nothing. I don't. I can't trade anybody. You can't relegate anybody. But the fourth wheel. I don't. I don't understand what's happening with the magic sticks. But I don't think God. They do. Fifty Cent must be so bummed out by this team, <laughs> like his team, you know. And then they can't. They can't pull it together. Uh, that does it for your live. That we'll have a little bit more, I suppose. On the wait. Team. Hey, real, real quick. Can, will you, if if you have information up, what's yeah. the match play situation at Doral? Because to me, this is like the big win for live if it's done correctly is team match play could actually be fun. Do you know how they, how they do it? Do you have to dig back into more documents? uh, Yeah. There was a press release last week. I got that. So the four teams that get a buy are four aces, crushers, Torque and range goats. And then Stainer, like you pick your opponent, the last eight. These names so, are st- you can't. These names will never not be ridiculous. By the way, keep going. Of course. So Stainer, Fireballs, Ripper, and Smash will pick their opponents. <laughs> Those top the four through eight pick their opponents, uh, which could be the High Flyers, Cliques, Magic Sticks, or Iron Heads, and they play. I want to say it's, I want to say it's Thursday or Wednesday, and then they advance out to play, you know, uh, the, is it like individual against individual? So like, is it like, no, would it be like a, no, it's not. I think it's four count three or I don't know what it is. It's an aggregate score or four count three. We'll get the format going for Wednesday's show. I don't know what it is. Brutal. Why wouldn't you have individuals play match play against each other? They might, they might. They might, Shane. They might. I just, I just, like, again, there's a lot of moving parts with this whole deal. And maybe I'm the idiot and I should know this, but I I got the press release. You should not know this. Let me just say that. You you actually should not know this information. It's too complicated to know. You're a very smart guy. I don't expect this to be in the wrinkle of your brain. I will have it locked up for Wednesday or Friday's live preview show of the match play championship at, at, at Trump Doral. Uh, that does it for our live live section uh, on the LPGA overnight. The Thailand uh, championship angel Yin wins her first LPGA championship. Uh, she's been around. She's been on tour. I think six years done three Solheim cups, close calls. Obviously was in the playoff with Lilia Vu at Chevron. Uh, kind of major, so-so major, I would say, at uh, in Houston earlier this year. Lost that. Ends up in a si- p- playoff again with Lilia Vu overnight. Uh, gets it done. It's her first um, 
first LPGA win. Like, obviously, she's a dynamo, like, hilarious, uh, emotional. Yep. And that's been, like, the big thing this year is, like, on course, she just needs to let it rip. I guess Julie Inkster has told her, like, stop being deadpan, stop being calm, like, be who you are and let it rip. And she was kind of barking at the ball and having fun um, overnight. And it wins that Saturday, I guess, Saturday night here in the States. And that's been sort of the big push this year. And finally, she was close a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, and then gets it done uh, overseas with their first LPGA win. Yeah, kind of like uh, what we talked about with Tom Kim. Great major season, by the way. You mentioned the the loss at the Chevron. Finished top 20 in four of the five majors, top 30 in all five majors, uh, two top 10s. I mean, very, very impressive season. feel like kind of one of those players that was trending toward the victory. And I find golf funny in that way, right? It just feels like as you inch closer, the Ludwig win was kind of in this same you know category where they're trending towards getting to that point where they're going to be victorious. Like you get in the moment, you start to feel a little bit more comfortable. It makes a little bit more sense. And then it happens. So it was cool to see. I mean, great that the LPJ tour was back over there. I think it'd been the first time, what, in three years. Yeah. I've been canceled and, um, three years, three years in a row. Yeah. This yep. was uh this is a big event. And I mean, Angel Yen is somebody that fun to follow, fun to listen to talk golf, uh, very charismatic out on the golf course and the type of person, the LPJ tour needs to lean into, right. Needs yeah. to lean into Angel Yen, in terms of social content, like get totally. as much out of her as you can because she's got the personality to carry those types of things. Yep. I call, I think I might've called it the Thailand, but it was the LPGA is the Shanghai, the Buick LP, but the LPGA Shanghai was the one that's been three years in a row canceled because of COVID yep. gets it done. By the way, their schedule, I'm sorry, is completely it's insane. Crazy. It's com- with it no weeks insane. Off. So, they were Texas, North Texas at the the Volunteers of America deal. They go to Shanghai, which they just Angel Yin just wrapped up. Then they go South Korea, Malaysia, Japan, and then Florida for the CME thing. That's zero weeks off. Like, what are we doing? At the like, does this matter? Is this the critical moments? Like, what are we doing? Where we're where we're I, I get that you should have an Asian swing and it should be prominent and it should be catered to and, and be elevated. But why are we doing it now? Why are we jamming it with zero weeks off into the CME and going from Texas to Shanghai and then Japan to Florida with a bunch in between? It's kind of insane. I, I don't get it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's a chart. I'm hoping there's a charter involved. First of all, I don't right, know if that's the sure. case or not. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're the Ryder Cup American players are saying we shouldn't have had this much time off. Well, yeah. look at what the LPJ schedule is like, right. because uh, it is one of the wildest parts of the entire golf year is how much the LPGA Tour has to travel week to week and to not have it a little bit more centralized in terms of how to make this scheduling make more sense. At least give them a buffer week on the front end or back end when you go you know, stateside to Asia and back. I mean, you should at least have that that buffer week. If not, I mean, it just makes it brutal for everybody. Um, one more note from the LPGA. Lilia Vu loses in the playoff. She's now... I. I you mentioned like Tom Kim kind of sleeping on that and she's not 21. I think she's 26, obviously been through a bunch up and down to get to the season. She's having two majors, won the Honda LPGA Thailand now runner up uh, playoff loss chain high. She's number one in the world. She's first in all the player of the year rankings. I was reading, I think it was digest said if she won the player of the year, she'd be the first American to win it since Stacy Lewis in 2012. And the wow. third, basically second, I guess second since Beth Daniel won it in 1994. Now we know Korean uh, Koreans have been dominant at the top of the game, but 
I think we're kind of sleeping on her season, uh, given some of the, the historic companies she would put herself in as, a, as an American LPGA pro. Yeah, I mean, may- maybe the most underrated story of the year in golf is probably fair to say is what she's been able to do. The, the interesting thing is this has been a pretty bad year for the men's majors in terms of drama and excitement. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of them were locked up late. And on the women's side, the stuff's been really great. I mean, even going into the Solheim Cup versus the Ryder Cup, and when you look at the player that's kind of stood out this season, she feels like the one that's kind of been the standalone superstar of all this. And it feels like we're probably not giving her the same credit we gave Nelly a couple of years ago when Nelly had that great year. So, yeah, yeah. Prob- probably worth talking a little bit more about Lilia considering the way she's played and the win she's kind of racking up. Yep. Uh, continuing on, Spanish Open, Matthew Pavone wins that. John Rahm put a little bit of a charge for a backdoor top 10, I guess is what you'd call it, in Madrid. Shout out uh, Rahm for playing in this, by the way. Can we just say that? Like, right. Remember when Jason Day wouldn't do the Aussie Open and it used to piss off all the Australians? Like, Shout out to Rahm for playing in this thing. Yeah. It's probably not the easiest. I mean, I'm sure he goes home and he does all that, but for goodness yeah. sakes, this is an easy event to skip at some point, and the fact that he's playing is really cool. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a wasn't a great leaderboard aside from Rom, but but Matthew Pavon wins his first uh first DP World Tour title. Had a, a lot of connections to Madrid. His grandfather was from there. His dad played, I think, professional soccer there. So he was very emotional. Congrats to him. Uh elsewhere, Minwoo Lee wins the Macau Open, 30 under. Took a pass on the European tour open uh, European tour event, went uh, to Asia and dominated. So Minwoo Lee wins that one. News. Um Brooksy just daggered Matt Wolf again. Matt Wolf, you know, I saw, I saw that with your look. This was Friday after we recorded for Thursday night. Friday afternoon, he's, there's only three of us on our team, said Kepka. Uh, I mean, obviously, my brother. I'm pretty tight with him, and then I've enjoyed being around Jay. This is Big <laughs> Jay Kokrak, <laughs> who's now relegated. So how brother. tight are you? He's relegated. He's relegated. So we'll see. Um, I've been enjoyed being around Big J Kokrak. We've been pretty close for maybe the last three years. Uh, I can't say anything bad about him. So he said there's only three of us on our team. Just another drive-by of Matthew Wolf. And I don't know. We talk about some of the young players and Matthew Wolf kind of uh, not doing what Talor Gooch has done, basically. He's, he's sort of, I'm sure he got the bag. He got a nice little payday. And maybe that was probably, maybe that was the best decision for him, given uh, where he felt he was in his career or what he wanted to do. But uh, yeah, I probably didn't anticipate having a team captain just brutally, you know, berate, you know, kind of beat him over the head in the press multiple times throughout the year. And maybe with, with you know, pregame workouts, too. Um, yeah, you, you were talking about Julie Inkster giving uh, Angel Yen a little advice on being herself. I would like to give a shout out to whoever told Kepka or the moment Kepka started to get a little bit more comfortable and just being himself in front of the press because he is the gift that keeps on giving no hold back. I like what he says. Most of it is relatively true with what the way Brooks goes into the mic. I think there were times a few years ago where it almost felt, you know, contrived the whole Brooks Bryson thing was kind of, you know, an eye roll, if you will. But Brooks has become that American voice that doesn't hold back for better or worse. And I appreciate it. I think this is a, a moment to just say, I appreciate Brooks Kepka in front of the microphone because the content pours out of him when he speaks. Yep. Last one, uh, Tiger's outfit at the Hay. He had a, a Call oh of Duty God, hoodie, a backwards camo. This was, I think, the Raiders. The golf shoes were the best part of it. 
The, what was it? Just all black amazing. foot joys? Amazing. Yeah, just still going shorts. with the foot joys over the Nikes. <laughs> I mean, you that would be a golden tee outfit that you'd make for somebody if they had to play. <laughs> like, if you had to make their outfit for them on golden tee, and you're like, you have to play with this for the year, that would be one of the outfits people would be like, no, come on, man. Not the... Not the hoodie, too. Not the golf shoes. At least give me sneakers. Unbelievable. We have our Halloween costumes episode, an annual treat here on the uh, uh, Shotgun Start coming in a couple of weeks. One of the weeks. best. Andy and I are actually going to be in person for that one at the member guest club TFE deal. Um, I, let's just say Tiger's already on the list preview. This Tiger playing the hay, people, you knock the door. Who are you? I'm Tiger Woods in a Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty hoodie. A backwards Raiders cap and yeah, basketball shorts. I'm Tiger Woods playing golf. Uh, just a great, great dad outfit going on there. Um, I think hey, that's Poreth, what are you set? Poreth, what are you setting the over under on of hours a week Tiger plays Call of Duty? If I gave you nine and a half hours a week, do you think you'd feel comfortable leaning heavily over or under? Where, where's your mind at? <laughs> I mean, he's got like. He's got two kids. Work is obviously like a fluid situation. He's not doing a nine to five deal. He's made a made a good chunk of change in his life. Yeah, probably not doing um, a lot of zooms. Yeah, probably not on a lot of calls. But apparently, maybe busy with as you know, Ari Emanuel is putting money. Or everybody's taking bids. He's on the pack, and maybe he's very busy these days. He was too busy to kind of get involved with, with the uh, get heavily involved with the Ryder Cup per Zatch. He had a lot on his plate. Um, Nine and a half feels like a good number. I think I might go over, like in his 30s or early 40s, presumably like the over-under is like 20 or something, right? You know, things things like, I don't, I don't, I have no negative thoughts towards people who play video games. I, this is not to besmirch those who do. I just stopped doing it when I was like 17. I'm sorry. Right. That's just, that's where I'm at. And I may be the outlier. I don't, I stopped. But you know, I know there's a lot of great games and technology, and it's a booming, booming deal. Um, but he probably plays less games, video games, I would assume, than he did when he was in his 30s. So I think nine and a half. I mean, it's good. either less or more. Like it's either way less or way more. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no in between. So I, I, poor F, your boys are getting a little bit older. Are they getting into video games? Like, oh, God. have you? Yes. And and you have no interest in joining them. They don't ask you to play. I mean, they do, and I don't have an interest in doing it. They want to play like NBA 2K, and I don't. There's too many buttons on the controller, and they kick my ass, and I'm done with it. And I don't want to do that. They're into the Fortnite stuff, and yeah, they're all into it. Yeah, they're getting there. So they're Ma- are they Max Homa fans? Why Max Homa fans? Is he a oh, Fortnite? They're, they're in the. Yeah, they're in the for their Fortnite, Fortinet, you know. I mean, well, yeah, it's just it's this is like yeah, it's just one conversion. One, it's one, one logical step next to the, to the next. Yeah, you just like play. nothing intimidates me more than thinking about getting into the video game world. Like my wife and I talk about people getting into golf and how yeah. hard that must be. She goes, "You struggle with it, and you're good, right?" She'll tell me that about golf. Totally. I'm like, yeah, like there are weeks where I can't, I can't find the face. I'm hitting shanks. I'm battling with five footers like Lexi, like. We have those weeks where that happens. I couldn't even imagine venturing into like ninja's world with, you know, like totally the, 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 any of any Fortnite, any of this stuff where the controllers would intimidate me, the game would intimidate me. I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know the goal. 
I don't know anything about that space. I don't, I think this just speaks to a larger, like getting into new things, getting really deep into new things later in life. I have great admiration for people who do. I played pickleball for the first time on Friday morning and I had a friend who's gotten just so into it over the last year and like is very, very good at it and knows everything. He was like coaching me. I was like, all right, we're going to do this again. I was like, eh. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I want to just get into this. I obviously am not very good. I've had a couple natural shots in the bag, but like, I don't know the score. I can't keep up with all these numbers you're throwing at me. These people out here are doing all these crazy bullshit shots and serves and they're all into it. It's like, I don't know. I do. Is this a thing I need to get into at this stage of my life? I admire you for doing it. But the same goes for video games. It's just interesting. What pursuits do you throw yourself into versus like, you're coming in at a beginner level and there are people locked and loaded, ready to sort of just wipe you off the face if, unless you put hours into this over the next however many months of your life. Well, and I also think you and I probably probably fall in this category of adults that like don't really get that fired up about anything. Like nothing's really going to get my juices <laughs> yeah. going. Like I'm 39, I'm about to be 40 in a month. Like yeah. I'm not going to, like you kind of, you guys joke on the pot all the time. It's like, I'm 39. I don't want to fight. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm past that world. Like I don't want to fight. If you want to cancel plans or if you want to do something like I'm good either way, if you want to play golf at this awesome golf course, like am I, do I want to drive two hours to play there? Probably not. Like there's, there's all these factors that kind of go into it. And you said it like, I had a great time playing pickleball. I don't know if I want to play again. Like it's okay. So <laughs> I just think that's probably where we're at in life as well, where yep. uh, getting like, like, Hey, I'm going to spend like 12 hours getting really into like <laughs> Warcraft. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be any good at it. And I also don't really care. I'm just not going to do it. Well, where we are at the point of this podcast is the very end. Shane, you're you a go. scholar and a gentleman for joining us here uh, with Andy flying i don't know from central america central united states to i don't know the west coast he was out of commission uh you are a great friend of the program you will be back again i'm sure many times to host you're writing for the newsletter um you're on twitter at shane bacon where you have a hearty following uh where else can we find your work you're all over the place these days kind of. yeah i mean i i mean i've got a i've got two you know listen it's like three captains. I've got two podcasts. I mean, just what people want no. is two podcasts with one person. Um, Get a Grip podcast. I'm actually talking to uh, this week to somebody you guys like chatting about on this podcast. Uh, Shad Tootin is going to come on oh, the Get a Grip that. podcast this week. We're going to talk about the whole ruling and that situation uh, that was brutal, dude. I mean, in real time behind the scenes, Brendan, like Nitties and I are covering you yeah. know the, the tour championship. And the whole ruling thing's happened. We're getting these messages during break. This guy's going to fall outside of the top 30. You're talking about like a million-dollar ruling, right? Maybe more. Um, and it's inches difference in terms of where you put the ball. So Shad has agreed to come on and get a grip this week. That'll be coming down the pike. I've got the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. You mentioned yeah. Joe Mayo. We had him on uh, the last couple weeks. Got some fun ones there. But, yeah, a couple podcasts. I'm writing for you guys. Uh, I mean, follow me or don't. It's, it's fine. Chad, I want to hear that one. So subscribe to Get a Grip uh, if you don't already. I assume you, many of you do if you listen to this. But he seems like kind of a red ass. He, I'm, I'm getting, we're getting messages that he's he can be get, get a little hot. Uh, so I'm curious. I saw I saw Mark Hubbard replied to a tweet of apparently that, that rules official maybe has a. Uh, isn't the most well loved uh, amongst the players. I mean, is um, any rules official well loved right. on? Like, 
outside of the guys that always give you the drop. Like, I just feel like it's like, I don't really like that, like, line judge. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's supposed to love the line judge, you know? So that'll be good. I want to listen to that. Subscribe to uh, the Get a Grip podcast. All right, Shane, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Set up uh, that live Doral. I'll have the I'll have the nuts and bolts on on all the, how that whole deal works by then. Talk to you on Wednesday. <laughs>